0: Hello and bienvenidos. You're listening to Ancestors and Mente podcast hosted by me, Alan Chirino. To learn more about the show and see additional content related to each episode, visit and follow the show's Instagram page at Ancestors and Mente. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Now, on with the show. Welcome, welcome, and muchos thank yous for joining me in yet another episode of Ancestors and Mente podcast, where we talk about all things impacting and influencing the Latinx community, and where spirituality meets mental health for elevating our minds and collective through ancestral wisdom. In this episode, we'll be talking all the things about Eurocentrism, the psychological version of influenza, donde te jode todo, and ancestral healing as well. Stay tuned you Okay, so this episode's uh, oracle reading is using the shamanic medicine deck created by Barbara, my I want to say Michael John Free and Flavia Kate Peters. Uh, forgive me if I've mispronounced any of that. Uh, this deck comes with fifty cards, and it has really nice uh, illustrations. Uh, it's very very well done. The artwork is done by um, a Yuri like or Leech. Um again forgive me if I mispronounce that. And um I just want to get into what this card is gonna be. So one more shuffle. Okay, and the card is dun 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 fire. Um with passion written on the bottom. And so I'm gonna look into what the book says really quick. Um this book actually really is helpful because the table of contents is alphabetized um did i say that right alphabetized bueno it goes from a to z there you go and (laughs) so it's actually really easy not all books are like this so um we're gonna go with fire and that's right here okay so it says Cast aside your fear of the flame and bring more warmth to your inner world. Fire spirits are the natural drivers behind attraction, lust, and desire. When you respect the spirits of fire and the flames they create, they protect you, your loved ones, and your possessions. Working with fire energy in an etheric sense is a great healing. As you invite fire into your life, Imagine it raging through every part of your body, purging you of all negative influences. As the flames lick away old hurts, those wounds are replaced by a sacred glow. glow. And there's a lot more to this, but I want to stop it right there. Because this, I think, is actually very relatable to today's topic on Eurocentrism. Because we're going to be needing the wisdom of fire to purge away and remove all our attachments to things that are not good for us and have not ever really belonged to us. Okay, and fire is incredibly useful for this. You can do a simple ritual where you take a simple, like you you just take a piece of paper, for example, and write the things you don't want in your life anymore. You can just list them all down. It's good to be somewhat specific with this part because you're you're gonna you're gonna burn that bitch. <laughs> okay. And fire that isn't controlled can burn wildly and consume everything. And the same goes with for what you write. So if you say I want to get rid of all the relationships that no longer serve me. Well, you might forget that you have relationships that you have been um, dependent upon and you don't want to get rid of just yet, or you would like to improve them instead of getting rid of them. But now you've just about burned them all up and basically beginning this energetic separation between you and them. So word things carefully, please. After you've done that, um, the next thing you can do is take a white candle light it and begin praying to your ancestors. And you're gonna pray to your ancestors to come and help you remove the items that you've listed. As you pray, you can read them out loud. Uh, Once you're done, you can simply set the paper aflame and put the paper in a fireproof container and allow it to burn through. You can even take this whole thing a step further by cutting each statement that you've written into strips and burn them individually. Or you can even take a piece of red string, for example, and tie a knot as you say each item out loud. So you say something like, to my ancestors and guides, I call you here to work and put your energy into removing these people and or things from my life. And then you read it out loud. Um, then you read each item out loud and burn the strip of paper or make the knot in the string, you know, if you're using the string and you keep reading each one. If you do the string version, you can burn the whole thing in a fireproof container. And if it's the strips of paper, well, you've basically, you've been burning them the whole time. So you're done with that. Um, Afterwards, you give them thanks for their protection, love and guidance and you can leave a glass of water or some flowers for them as an offering and if your ancestors and guides as well uh know these things are not for you then they will work in removing them and uh and that's it oh and y'all did hear me say fireproof container right so be safe and don't get crazy Okay everybody, it is topic tiempo tema time. That was that was pretty good actually. I have to I have to give myself a pat on the back because that is not has not been easy for me to say. I have practiced that topic tiempo tema time and I've tried to say that also even faster than when i was just said it now and it's not easy. If you are able to do that, please give me a recording and send it in. Uh, you can email it at ancestorsandmente uh, at gmail.com or whatever kind of thing like that. Because topic, tiempo, tema, time. When you try to say really fast, that hard T from the English um, words can seep their ways into the tiempo, tema. Oh my God, kind of like Eurocentrism. Holy shit, I just realized that. Yeah, see, even the English, English enunciated or hard enunciated T has made its way into the tongue twister that is ta- topic tiempo tema time. So look at that. Anyway, so I want all of you to listen to these statements, okay? And I want to see if you agree with them or identify with them. Just keep track of it. I mean, you can you do it with your fingers. You can say yes, no, any kind of thing to kind of keep in track with it. So I'm, I'm just going to start off. The first statement is I am responsible for myself and my immediate family only. My needs and the needs of my immediate family take precedence over anyone else's. Number two, I make every effort to be successful and to be recognized by others for my success and accomplishments. Number three, I look at things happening in my life as good or bad, negative or positive, or either or. Number four. I believe I, as well as other people, should try to be punctual and follow set or planned times. Number five. I believe there is only one God and the concept of good and evil. Number six. I dream of one day owning my own place, whether it be a house, a shop, or just some land. And finally, number seven, I believe working hard and hustling is fulfilling and makes me feel like I'm worth something. Alright, got it? Have you summed up how many you've agreed with? Well, if you agreed with any of these statements, then... You have a Eurocentric value system and you're most likely a colonizer. Dun, dun, dun. And if not, then a colonizer sympathizer. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, there's, There's a thing about this, right? So values like the ones I just described, which are individualism, competitiveness, dualistic thinking, rigid time orientation, Judeo-Christian beliefs, property ownership, and having a Protestant uh, work ethic are all a part of uh, Eurocentric and Western ways of thinking. And so what, right? Big deal if you have any of these values. Well, the problem here is really that if you come from a culture or a background where these values that I just mentioned impose on ones from your heritage culture and they also tend to contradict them, then that does become a big deal. So And so when the the English, Spanish, Portuguese, Dutch, and French, um, who I like to refer collectively as the five horsemen of the apocalypse, (laughs) just kidding, (laughs) began to colonize the new world, they brought a lot of things. And it wasn't just things like pigs, barley, and smallpox. No, no they brought over their beliefs and how they think the world should be. And because a huge percentage of the world was colonized by European countries at one point, these values spread like melted butter on toast. And we've all been fucked by it. Because if if you really think about it, even you, yes, you listening, um... Almost everything is seen and you'll see almost everything and measure almost everything by European or Western standards. And so Eurocentrism tells our histories, religions and spiritualities and customs through their lens, which always leads to the four D's discrimination, diagnosing, disqualifying and despelote of our experiences. And despelote for our English speakers is chaos and generally making a mess of things. And this was brought over along with colonialism. And truthfully, it might have even been part of the reason for colonizing places to begin with. You know, that whole idea about like the whole um, saving the souls of the savages? Like, it's that kind of level. And there's a lot of obvious problems that come with colonization, but the major one I wanna talk about is oppression. And colonialism is a, a, is a specific type of it. Um, it oppressed native peoples, slaves, and other non-Europeans in all types of ways. And so to understand how colonialism turns into oppression, I want to introduce a model by the late French West Indian psychiatrist uh, named France Fannin, who was concerned about how colonization affects the mental health of oppressed peoples. And Fanon came up with uh, a four-phase model. The first phase being that a foreign group does forced entry into a territory to exploit natural resources, um, including the inhabitants, read here, slavery and cheap labor. Then the colonizer imposes their culture, disintegrating or practically erasing the native one and so where you have situations where we had the mother goddess uh, in in Mexico, she's now become La Virgen de Guadalupe. And eventually transforming and making the colonizers' ways and customs to seem like they're more civilized. And while that's happening, and the colonizers are being viewed as being more sophisticated, Native culture is made to look savage and inferior. And of course we can't have that, right? No, no. We're trying to colonize people. We can't have savage and inferior people. So what does that hap- what what ends up happening there? We have the colonizer then thinking that they have this god-given purpose to kindly tame, monitor and civilize. And now we get the message that it's necessary to dominate and hence oppress. Because isn't it more important to get those native people to behave? I mean, we can't have them playing their drums and speaking their so-called primitive languages. This would be horrible. It has to be everybody, English or Spanish or Dutch or French or whatever other kind of thing. and, And people behaving in what would be like everybody else in Europe. But... Okay, but I'm digressing. So, um, we have those. So we have those first three phases. We have forced entry. We have collapsing of native culture, and we have perverting perceptions of native ways and customs as being inferior and savage. The very last phase is the establishment of a society where the political, social, and economic institutions are made to benefit and preserve the colonizer, while at the same time Crushing the colonized, and you might be saying to yourself, um, "That was all back then. What's the big deal about it now?" Well, the idea about that is that despite the fact that everybody became in the um, independent, you know, people sought independence from from their uh, colonized or colonizer countries, um, they. By then, there was already this sense of inferiority and aspiring to Eurocentric ideals, and that was ingrained into the collective psyche of those oppressed. Experiencing oppression over lifetimes, or as we would call it intergenerationally, uh, leads to individuals internalizing messages of inferiority and undesirability of, of one's own social group. So you basically grow to dislike your own people and in turn yourself. And that's why we have immigrants living in the United States, striving to speak standard English, both outside of the home, but also inside of the home. And it's why you have Latinos thinking you have to mejorar la raza, and reproduce with white skin partners to erase African and or indigenous characteristics. And it's also why you have people as we see in employment research who have African sounding names to be less likely to receive a callback for a job than those with European sounding names. This is a very real situation. And those things and more create internalized oppression. It's where you begin to reject your own heritage culture and aspire to that of the dominant Eurocentric one. And okay, I'm saying a lot. And this is a topic that, that I think um, deserves a lot more delving into and picking it apart because to be honest with you, internalized oppression has a lot of layers. And they oftentimes just spring up more questions. And for Latinos, it's just as complicated. Because many of us have what, what you know, we, many of us have European heritage. Um, so, wouldn't rejecting European values still be on the same level? of internalized oppression you know you're rejecting something that's a part of you and what we're talking about there right so um well the short answer is no not really (laughs) the problem about eurocentrism um with its impact on internalized oppression is found right in the name okay eurocentric it's the fact that your european uh, roots are the most important and they outshine the rest it's also forgetting that some of our ancestors had by today's standards questionable morals and and behaviors and like i'll give you an example how did it come to be that your european ancestors got together and reproduce with your african or indigenous ones right take a moment Think about it like I said it has too many layers and family histories are unique um, to how they came to be but I will say this internalized oppression is real it's associated with depression anxiety low self-esteem and self-defeating thoughts and behaviors along with many other emotional um, and psychological distress Uh, It can leave people pursuing some kind of general acceptance from society's Eurocentric standards when society itself never really planned on allowing you to reach that high level of standards. So it's like you are striving to speak the best English. You're striving to have, you know, the big house and the white picket fence and, and all of these things that we have been taught to be amazing and to be uh, milestones of success, for example. But the truth of the matter is, is that once we reach that, we're not even fully accepted by the dominant culture, the people who fully embody it, the people who whose ancestors brought that over. And so we're left feeling like little hamsters on wheels, always trying to live a life that really was never made for us okay so I want to get into how we can do better and how we can work with all of that in the next segment How you feeling? I realized that was a lot I hit you with. Sorry. You're probably thinking wow am I that Eurocentric? Or Alan's full of shit. That doesn't happen. That can't be. Well that's actually how a lot of people, a lot of people in mental health will actually want you to think too. This idea of denying the existence of it. It's like the people who deny the existence of racism um, and how that's not really a thing anymore. That's a thing of the past. Um, And it doesn't really help our situation. So like I was saying earlier, we need to do better and we need to learn, accept all parts of ourselves. So what I said before of you questioning, just at the, just the beginning of the segment, um, I was teasing a little bit, but I hope it, I hope it did get you thinking um, because we need to actually examine um, all of this. We need to examine also all aspects of ourselves and learn to accept and appreciate their inherent beauty especially the parts that are always attacked by society or maybe even by our own mind and that's for an example women of color with afro textured hair thinking it's more professional go to work with their hair straightened and the truth is that society makes this to be so um, but it's something that also can be internalized but that kind of perception needs to be called out and changed. And so, like I was saying, we need to become more aware about how internalized oppression affects us. What Eurocentric behaviors and values do we attribute and how it changes the way we think about ourselves and culture. And that's always really important because the questioning of these things is starting to at least make you aware of what needs to be changed if you go blindly into this and you know start eradicating or maybe not even eradicating anything you start getting you start getting it wrong and you and you we're we're looking for is trying to do this in a way that's going to be very productive so you want to be aware about what eurocentric behaviors um and values do you attribute to and that do not particularly do well for you for your lifestyle okay and so we also need to seek ways for changing the systems that do exist in perpetuating all of this the best solutions to internalize oppression are not denying the existence of oppression again i will say that nor does it include learning to adapt to the way things are because how do you feel about being told that you just have to learn to fight marginalization by becoming better than them at their own game? You're you're just already starting way behind anyway in this game. And that only serves to maintain these oppressive sy- uh, systems. And what's needed is that we look to bring changes to those structures so that the oppression does not continue and that's done through activism and campaigning to bring about political and social change and finally for those looking to reconnect with all parts of your ancestry perhaps you consider reconnecting through music, dance, art, literature, or poetry, uh, through language, um, and through rituals and customs that you find to represent what your culture means to you. The ways I connect to my ancestors is through all of those things that I just mentioned, um, as well as having an ancestral altar that helps me be connected and remember where my family comes from. Um, and so, like things like for example i i drink mate um yerba mate and it's a practice that reaches back to the guarani people in south america and that's a tribute to my argentinian side as well as making like a good locro stew or an asado and i'll connect to my cuban side through music the spiritual practices that i have that are rooted also in african cosmologies and as well as Cuban art and literature and dance. And these are just examples, but they bring me joy and they make me feel like I walk the foot the footsteps of my ancestors and making sure that they are never forgotten. So the last question is then how do you connect? Okay, we are at the last segment of the show, and we are ending it with a tarot uh, tarot reading as we traditionally end things here at Ancestors and Mente Podcast. And I'm using the Lightseer deck by Chris Ann, and it's published by Hay House. And when this deck first came out, I read reviews of how bad the cardstock was and how flimsy it was, and so I didn't order a copy for months after it initially released. But now i kind of see that they fixed those things and the car sock is really nice and it's sturdy and it shuffles really well so if you're like me uh who was really hesitant at the beginning and uh especially because of of all those reviews uh it's it's really good now and you you won't run into those problems um so get yourself a copy um so the question I'm asking are what or the question that I ask rather is what additional messages do we need to know for ancestral healing? So um, I've already made the shuffle and uh, I've already done the nine card spread um, as usual. When when I get to this part and right off the bat I see all four knights showing up in this spread, and the knights are the most active of the court cards. And I wanna say that I'm, I'm instantly drawn with this message that we need to be all hands in when we're engaging with ancestral healing, emotionally, physically, intellectually, spiritually, okay? We need to find ways to become more passionate, for example, about our healing and find out why it's so important for us to do this work. We also need to live the way our ancestors, uh, the way of our ancestors on some level um, and that could be done by the things that I mentioned in the previous segment, but the and also like the when I look over here at this Knight of Pentacles, it gives me the vibe that as we heal and become our whole selves from the image of our ancestors, that we contribute and inspire others in our communities to do as well. Um, By our example, others will pick up on that trail and do so as well. And we need that. We need as many people engaging in the work of ancestral healing and breaking free from oppressive systems so that we can eventually affect change on a societal level. The moon... And the three of pentacles talks of that intuitive and spiritual relationship with your antepasados that come from participation in customs and folk practices. Don't let those go by the wayside. They have a profound meaning and significance into who your people are. So that's, that's something that cannot be lost. It's what, It's what composes your culture and keeps it together. Um, the Queen of Cups, the Queen of Pentacles, and the King of Pentacles, all of this very mature energy in these court cards, suggest the guidance that you seek, um, or suggest guidance, um, and, and seeking knowledge and wisdom from the living elders in your community. Look for them, okay? Don't, don't do re-engagement alone when we're trying to do this and bring ourselves back to this root, remember that our our especially as um as a very multi racial, multicultural, multi multi ethnic um, peoples, the us Latinx community, um, we the, the concepts of of collectivism of of working together working in community is a big thing so this this work does not have to be done by itself nor should it and there are many out there that can steer you in the right direction so that's all That's all for this episode. Thanks again for joining me and listening again. I hope you were able to benefit from this information and helping you to become closer to your ancestors and roots. You can follow me on el Instagram at Ancestors Mente, And if you have any questions, you can reach out to me there by sending me a DM or you can email me at ancestorsenmente at gmail.com. Me da mucha alegría and makes my heart a flutter if you subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Until next time, may the ancestors guide, love, and protect you always.